This is The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. The hardest thing about distance running isn't the distance, and it isn't the training. It's pacing. After all, it doesn't matter how fast you can run if you run out of gas before you reach the finish line. Learning to keep your goal pace takes strategy, skill, and concentration, which also uses precious energy. That's why it can be a major relief if you can just delegate the pacing job to someone else. Even better if it's an entire group of people led by a much stronger runner than you. A pace group can take away the worry and stress of pacing perfectly so you can just run or hold on for dear life. But as wonderful as that sounds, following a pace group can have some major pitfalls. And in some cases, it can even cost you your dream time. How is that possible? Let's find out. Welcome to The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and my mission is to help you improve your running, your mindset, and your life with science-backed training and plant-based nutrition. Today, we're going to go over all the details and the pros and cons of pace groups. I did an episode on this topic back in 2022, and that is another helpful episode if you are considering using a pace group in your next race. But today is going to have a new twist. I'm sharing my conversation with Paul Smolik, who paces marathons every year and has a lot of great advice. We'll go over what to look for in a pace group and its leaders, when to avoid using a pace group, and if you are considering pacing, Paul will share his tips on getting involved. I've been having so much fun highlighting some of the amazing members of my PR team. Paul's been a member for a while now, and it's been a good challenge for me to work in all of his pacing races with his goal races. I'll explain more about the PR team later on in the show, but if you're ready to learn more right now, just head to theplantedrunner.com slash group. Don't forget to stay tuned all the way to the end of the episode for another Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Before we get into the details, I'd like to invite you to run with me in my beautiful hometown this fall, September 12th through 15th, 2024. I will be hosting a four-day running retreat in the Blue Ridge Mountains in Asheville, North Carolina. We'll stay in luxury cabins right on the French Broad River where we can run right out the door. You'll get run coaching, strength training classes, running gait analysis, and more. And of course, it will feature amazing plant-based food and a little nightlife as well. We had so much fun last year that I cannot wait to do it again. It's perfect for adult runners of all ages, paces, and abilities, and you're bound to meet runners just like you. Spaces are very limited and it's first come first serve. So sign up today at theplantedrunner.com slash retreat. I'll be offering early bird pricing until March 15th. So be sure to take advantage of that as soon as you can. I can't wait to run with you this September. And now here's my conversation with Paul Smolik. Welcome to the Planted Runner, Paul. Thank you, Claire. Glad to be here. I brought you here because I want to talk about pacing. You pace a lot of races, and I think people have a lot of questions, especially if they've never followed a pace group before in a race. So let's first start with your pacing journey. How and when did you start? Were you invited? Did you volunteer? What's the story behind it? Uh, Well, first, I started pacing unofficially. Uh, I was running with a couple of friends. 
and uh, our local run club, well, it's a small uh, club, um, and they're running their first half marathon and their first marathon. So I was training with them along the way, and they said, hey, let's, why don't you come out and try to pace us? So I did it unofficially. Yes, I was a bandit. I am so sorry. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, so I bandited the race. Uh, did not take any of their any of the rest stops or or the medal or anything or the t shirt. So I, I feel okay about it. Um, <laughs> but officially, I uh, I saw a post. For, well, back it up. I, I met a friend that was a pacer for the Chicago Marathon, mm. uh, and we became somewhat acquaintances. Uh, he runs and paces with the Charlotte Running Club uh, here locally. And he had a connection, I believe, with the uh, Myrtle Beach Marathon at the time. And, mm. and at one time, they needed a pacer. And I said, hey, why not? I'll jump in. I'll pace a, a slow pace group. It seems fun. It's giving back to the community. Uh, so I, I jumped in, signed my, my name up. Not sure if I could really do it or not. And uh, it turned out great. Good, good. Yeah, I mean, you did bring up a great point. You know, we as runners, especially if you're really into racing, sure, we pay to be in races, but volunteers really make the magic yes. happen. So everybody, if you race, you definitely should volunteer for a race. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, just seeing things from the other side is is so rewarding. So you said you didn't think that you could do it. Was this a was this a pace that was maybe a little too fast for you? You know, to run comfortably, or what? Why did you think you couldn't do it? Uh, well, it, it was still fairly early in the, in the marathon career, um, well, career as it is. But uh, it, it was more of I still wasn't at the at the confidence level of okay, I can run consistently for so many hours. I, the confidence just wasn't there. Uh, it was about 45 minutes slower than my normal pace at the time. Because mm. uh, cons- I, I, I'm doing the 515 groups, uh, five-hour 515 groups. So it's a, it's a lower slow, a little bit slower. But I just didn't have the confidence to, to run at that spot. Well, that's not what we want to hear from our yeah. pace leaders, right? <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> well they, they, they always, they when you pace, they want you to run uh, about a half hour slower than your PR time or your your average time, um, mm-hmm. just because you don't want to be running a PR when you're pacing. No. You just never know. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Yes. Yes. That's what I always tell people if they are going to follow a pace group, talk to the leader ahead of time and find out what their PR is. <laughs> if it's really cr- close to the the pace that they're leading, be very careful. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Yeah. So now, now I mean, I'm a I'm a little bit faster than than back then, but I still mm-hmm. love running with with the five hours, the five fifteen groups. It's just it's very exciting. Yeah, because you can talk comfortably at that pace, and yes. you can cheer people on. So is that what you're doing? Chatting the whole time, encouraging people. Well, luckily, I have a, a running a pacing partner. Well, we tend to become a pacing partner. I've run with her four or five times, and she does a lot of the talking. <laughs> and uh, I do a lot of okay. We are on pace now, or okay, we have to slow down just a little bit, or we have to speed up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But we, we, yeah, we do a lot of talking with the people. We get to know them uh, along the way. 
Okay, great. So let's talk strategy here. So there are a couple ways to pace a race. The first way is probably what people think of. Be a visual representation of the clock. So let's say you are running nine minute pace. You are going to run every mile of that marathon or half marathon at nine minutes or as close as possible to that pace. And you are just a time clock. So they can see that, oh, that's the nine minute group right there. But that's not the way most people should run a marathon unless it's perfectly flat. You know, if it's a hilly race or if there is some challenges there, you were the strategy to run a race is not to have every single mile be the same. So as a pace leader, which strategy do you generally uh, adopt? It depends on the the races. The two main races that I do is the Myrtle Beach Marathon and the Charlotte Marathon. Uh, very different types of race courses. Myrtle Beach is very flat, so we tend to run a very even pace, um, maybe five or ten seconds off off uh, what we're planning. Um, conversely, with Charlotte, it's very hilly um, at very points, so we have to kind of plan ahead and uh, talk our group up. Um, Mm -hmm. So our paces are a little bit different. However, we still try to maintain the pace per mile on on average. Okay. Okay. Because I am, you know, I've... I've been the pace leader for the two-hour half marathon group here in Asheville. And Asheville's very hilly. We're in Mm -hmm. the mountains here. And so there are some leaders of the group that will, you know, pace exactly per mile, no matter if there's uphill, steep uphills or fast downhills, they'll stick right on it. And I always tell my group, hey, you want to you want to follow the other guy if you if you want the exact pace per mile because I'm going to run it the way you should run it. Right, but right. I communicate to that. I communicate that to people. So I will get you to the finish line in two hours. But every mile is not going to be right on target. So I think right. that is the most important thing is the communication. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Communication. Plus, running with with our group, they're not really going out for a three-hour marathon or anything like that. It's a lot of first-timers. So their Mm -hmm. main focus that I found, we found, is they just want to finish. Um, That that is their big thing. They want to finish under 515 or something like that. Um, Whereas Mm -hmm. if if, I think that if you're a four-hour pacer, you do want to push it a little bit more and strategize a little bit more. That's Mm -hmm. what I've found anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So how hard is it to hold the pace? So you said your your partner does all the chatting and you mm. are the man on the watch. So uh, talk us through that. Talk about how t- how you evenly pace each mile right on target. Well, the toughest part of uh, keeping on pace, I think, is, is at the very beginning. Because even with us, even with doing multiple marathons, um, you still get the the anxiousness. You still feel the energy of everybody around you, um, and everybody else is they go. So you yeah. you need to hold back a little bit like that, a little bit at the start. Um, but you, just, I, I tend to run by feel, so I kind of know how what my pace is at any given time. I might be ten seconds off on a certain portion. But uh, hopefully the, merit, the, the race directors and, and the race staff have placed the markers 
on the, the proper spots. Um, so then we have, uh, we, we could just tell where we are. We look at our watches. We have uh, wristbands uh, that tell us where we're supposed to be at any given time. Mm-hmm. And, and what about that sign? You're carrying a sign the whole time, you know, it's usually <laughs> on a pole or some, sometimes oh. they carry balloons and, you know, you won't think that that little sign would be bit very heavy, but after five hours of carrying that sign, that's actually a lot of work. It's a lot of work, um, but your arms are kind of in the same position anyway. Um, but we, we switch off usually about every mile or so. Uh, then my partner's just like, just, just give it to me. I can't, I can't keep switching back and forth, <laughs> uh, but it's, 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 it, it gets heavy after a while. I mean, heavy per se, uh, sure. but it's, it just, it, it's more of an uncomfortableness, I guess you could say. Uh, mm-hmm. but I, I kind of look at it as when you're running, you're not supposed to be clenching your hands anyway. You want to be holding things very lightly. So that's, that's how we hold the sign. Uh, but yes, it does get in the way. I, li- I like the way that some of the major marathons are, are going. They they have a vest with a, a flag uh, behind them. So I've oh, heard that's okay. supposed to be much more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So walk us through what your pep talk is at the beginning. So you're standing in the corral. The gun hasn't mm-hmm. gone off yet. You're wearing your T-shirt. You're waving your sign. People are going to be coming up to you and they're going to say, aha, you're you're my man. So right. what are the things that you and your partner are going to say right before the gun gets off, goes off? Uh, well, we find out if this is our first marathon or second marathon, where they're at. Um, we try to see where, where their training is, how their training went. Um, but we just try to amp people up and get people excited, even though the crowd is going to excite them anyway. Mm-hmm. Um but that that's most is mostly getting to know people because we want we want people to run with us throughout the throughout the race and we want to build that that relationship with them uh, mm-hmm. early on so they'll stick with us and that way they're going to reach their goal at the end end of the race. Um, what kind so of questions? Bit, hmm? Oh, I was going to say, what kind of questions are they asking you, or are they mostly just nervous and and quiet? <laughs> Well, they're very nervous, um, but there, some people ask us, what, are, what is our strategy? Are we a run-walk type thing? Um, are we just a pure run or that, that sort of thing? Um, or if we're just an even pace? Uh, and, and, of course, we tell them, honestly, we don't want to lead them, lead them astray. Um, but then we also said, if you we're an even pace type of group, so we're constantly going. If they want to do a run-walk, just kind of keep us in, in view. Uh, during their walking period, and then they catch up to us, and then just expect us to pass them again. Mm-hmm. Have you uh, had any drama with pacing? Has anything gone, you know, totally off the rails for you? Uh, for me, uh, I was pacing the Missoula Marathon, um, beautiful course, uh, and I was pacing with a gentleman. Uh, he's he's a legend in the uh, pacing community, Tom Perry. Um, he's done 700, 600 marathons. Anyway, uh, I had some sort of allergic reaction, uh, <gasps> ahead of time. So I, I was like, okay, I'm going to just try to push through this because that's what we do. Um, so oh, no. I ended up pacing about getting right on point for about nine miles. And then it just, I, I just couldn't go anymore. Um, and I just walked, I, I walked and ran the rest of the, the race 
Um, I got down to the end, talked to the medic, and they were just like, yeah, you shouldn't have <laughs> you shouldn't have done that at all. Um, oh, no. That, that's probably my, my worst uh, drama, my, my worst personal experience. Um, I have run with a pacer. Uh, they dropped out about halfway. Uh, they had stomach issues, um, which was not, um, yeah, it was not, not a pretty sight. <laughs> Uh, oh, no. nor, nor anything. So yeah, she, she just kind of had to drop out. Uh, so. Well, that's, that's why you have more than one, <laughs> more yes, than one yes. pacer. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Well let's, let's switch to, um, positive stories. What are some of the great triumphs that you and the people you've led have had? I think the greatest triumph is just pulling and reward. This reward for me is, uh, coming near the end and picking up people that have mentally given up on the, on the race. They're, they're walking that you could tell that, you know, their shoulders are hunched. They just have given up it. They've been chewed off too much. Um, but we talk them in, into running with us. We, we just hype them up. That's where our cheerleader motivating aspect comes into pacing is the last three miles we're like okay look it's three miles it's easy um but the the getting them across the line and getting that fist bump or or sometimes mm-hmm. a hug or a high five um uh, is 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 the positive thing that's that's the most rewarding thing um yeah i mean it's it's just i i get goosebumps just thinking about it yeah yeah, and and what do they say to you when you cross the line? I bet you get a, bu- a bunch of bear hugs. <laughs> yeah, we get a lot of bear hugs because usually around the twenty six mile mark, we just say, "Oh, go, just run it out, just leave it all on the course." Point uh, two miles, you've got this. So they're they always look as perplexed, but they're always a lot of people are always waiting for us to cross the line, and that's where they're just giving us hugs and introduce sometimes they introduce us to their family and so yeah it's it's really cool As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Paul is one of our members of the PR team and if you're curious about what it's all about, here's the scoop. It's a virtual running team and so much more. Instead of relying on motivation or going at it alone, you'll join an amazing group of runners just like you on the PR team. You'll get a truly custom plan for all your running strength, mobility, mental strength workouts, and more, all based on your fitness, your goals, and your lifestyle. You'll get all your questions answered by me and our super supportive team in a private online running community. And the coolest part is that you get access to an exclusive weekly private podcast just for the team. I answer your questions on the show, give training advice specific to you and the rest of the team, and you can even stay anonymous if that's more your style. It's the sweet spot between just getting a DIY plan and full-on private coaching, even though you'll get lots of individual attention if you want it. Team spots are limited, so sign up today at theplantedrunner.com slash group. That's theplantedrunner.com slash group. 
Yeah, that that is the best part of it. I mean, it's great to encourage people and it's, you know, I mean, especially with round numbers, we we runners have a thing about round numbers. So if there is any kind of you're at the five hour pacing group or the two hour half marathon or whatever the round number is, people have been dreaming about that number for months and months Mm -hmm. or years and they come up to you and like, I finally did it because of you. Yes, yes. <laughs> and clearly it's not just because of you, but it feels that way at the moment. And it's amazing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah, I mean, uh, th- during the last few months, people are just giving up. Um, mm-hmm. Just because they expect they might not have trained enough. It might have been hot. But yeah, it's just pulling them along. is just so, I, I, I don't know, it's invigorating. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's a great feeling. Yeah, and, and that is a really good point. And I need to make a note to do an entire episode about that. But I don't think people understand the kind of moral morale crushing feeling you get at the end of the marathon when you're when you look at people who are giving up or are slowing down or walking. You think to yourself, wait a second, they're slowing down. Maybe I should slow down. And you're not prepared if you haven't done a bunch of marathons. You're not prepared to see other people struggle and how right. it affects you. Like that is a big psychological experience if if you've never seen it before, right? Yes, yeah. And uh, I mean that that's part of the coaching also um, along the on the along the ways. Because usually around 18 miles, 17 miles, that's when we start seeing people walk. And uh, we just have, if people are still with us in our group, we just ignore that, just keep focused. Um, And that's another good thing about pacing is we keep people focused on what they need to do and not the external factors, such as time or anything like that. And, you know, people don't have to make as many decisions. They don't have to look at their watch. They can say, okay, Paul's got me. I'm just going to stick with Paul. I don't have to think Mm -hmm. about, am I going too fast? Am I going too slow? Somebody else is doing that mental work for me. How, How important is that? Oh, I think it's, I mean, there's so much energy goes into what your brain is doing when you're running. Mm-hmm. And what do they say? Running is 90% mental, something sure. along those lines. <laughs> um, so as a pacer, if we can keep them from not starting fast, if we know where the water stops are, um, uh, potholes in the road, we, we kind of look out for that. Um, if we can keep their mind off of the, what, what their body is actually doing, um, I think that's a huge plus. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, that energizes people. It uses, expends less energy for them. I'll be back with my conversation with Paul right after this. There is no hood like parenthood. When you meet a fellow parent, you just kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast. I interview change makers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition, aka their mom sense and dad sense. I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you. 
sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flojo. Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionu. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. And now back to my conversation with Paul. I will say, though, to not be too trusting of your pace group. I had the experience where I was, you know, gunning for my dream time and everything was going well. The pacer was absolutely perfect. Every mile, absolutely perfect. And in the last 5K, I thought, oh, I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really good. I can do this. I can do this. And then the pace group got got separated from me. They went faster. They went faster. They went faster. And I thought I was going slower because I trusted Mm -hmm. them so much that, oh my God, he is pacing perfectly. I must be getting slower because I was losing contact. And I figured out later, no, (laughs) they were speeding up. I should have looked at my watch. So that's on me. But you become so, you know, you start to trust the group so much Mm -hmm. That if you don't check every once in a while, it could end up costing you too, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. And, and that's why we try to keep keep pace. Uh, every mile, we, we're looking at our watch, making sure we are on pace. Because there are some mm-hmm. people that are going slower at the beginning, and then they try to speed up at the end to make the time or vice versa. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I'll, as a pacer, you're stronger than the group you're leading, or you should be. So you can go slow for the beginning of the mile and then speed up at the end or for the whole race. You could do that. If you're off target, you're like, okay, I can speed up the last, you know, two, three miles, whereas your group can't. Right. Now, now sometimes it's not always the pacer's fault. Uh, mile sure. markers may be a little off, Good point. Um, which throws a lot of things off. So that's where you see the two pacers kind of, talk to each other, whisper to each other, like, oh, no, <laughs> we're a little bit further behind than, than we should be. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's just, but it's knowing the course and knowing uh, your own self um, pacing wise. Yeah, absolutely. So how does pacing work with your own training? You train for marathons <laughs> for faster than the times you are pacing. So how does that fit in? Um, well, pre-Claire, pre-PR <laughs> team, um, I would just throw it in there say, oh, there's, I could pace this, this half marathon, or I could pace this marathon, and not, I'll just throw it in, because I didn't have a, I, I followed a training plan, but it was a very loose training plan. Um, after I've joined the team, and after a couple of times of emailing you saying, hey, I, w- I want to pace this. Now it's more a little, and I feel as I'm typing, I could feel Coach Claire going, oh, it's not a good idea. What are you doing type thing? Even though I don't know if you're doing that, it's in my head. Um, now it's a little bit more strategic. I think I'm trying to get a little bit more strategic. Yes. Um, I'm not there perfect yet, but I, I use it as, right now I'm using it as a long run uh, training mm-hmm. plan. Um, because doing 26 miles supported, I think is a lot easier than doing 20 miles unsupported. 
Could be, could be. Well, I would like to say that I'm not discouraging you from pacing. I think pacing is incredibly rewardable. And for me personally, I have always enjoyed it more than racing for myself. It just is a ball and tons of fun. So I never want to take that away from you. But if you do have big (laughs) goals for yourself, we have to put those at smart places so that you're not spending all your energy on pacing and are flat for your own goals. Correct. Yes. Yes. I am learning that. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not a killjoy. I want you to be able to pace just, but I want you to be able to get your goals too. So, you know, a little bit of priority shifting. (laughs) So what advice would you give somebody who has never used a pacer before? Um, well, it, it depends what your goals are. Um, if your goal, uh, say, uh, a lot of marathons or half marathons, they go on 15-minute 15 15 increments. If you're trying to do a BQ, it might be 335. So your pacer would be at 330 or 345. Um, at that point, I would say don't necessarily use a pacer because either you're going too fast or you're going too mm-hmm. slow. Right. Good point. Um, the other point where I wouldn't necessarily use a pacer is if you absolutely don't like people. Uh, because, <laughs> you yes. know, why run it with a group if, if you don't like people? Because we're going to be talking. We're going to be chatting. We're going to have laughs. We're going to give pointers along the way. Um, if you were, I, the advice I would, if you want to run with a pace group, especially if you get, uh, energy from running with people or talking with people, uh, then do it. Um, we'll get you and or you have a goal that you want to make, say the five, five hour mark. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll get we'll get you there. Uh, so, yeah, it, 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 or if you even just aren't sure if you want if you're going to be able to make it. Then join the pace group. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're pretty decent people. Uh, I think runners are pretty cool people all over the place. I've always said that if everybody was a runner, the world would be a much, much happier place. Absolutely. Um, so we have fun. Um, don't be scared uh, of running with the pace group. Don't don't be scared that you might not be able to keep up um, or you might be want to go faster because you could always break away. There's no commitment to staying with the group one way or the other. Uh, but just have fun with it. Uh, I, th- I think we have fun with it. Uh, yeah, as that's pacers. great. Yeah, that, those are some really excellent points. If you are in between pace groups and you join the faster group because you're you're hopelessly optimistic, that could ruin your race. You know, you really should at least start with the conservative group and maybe see if you can catch the group that you want to be. I mean, assuming that they're close enough together, 15 minutes is, is huge in the marathon. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not saying you should run 15 minutes slower, but you know, you might want to keep that pace group in sight or have the aim to catch the pace group later, but starting with a pace group that you are not physically fit enough to follow the whole way is a recipe for disaster, right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, yeah. you don't want to start fast, obviously. And that yeah. pace group, you don't know where, where they're at. They might start too fast. They might start fast. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, stick with your group. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Run your own way, race. 
you know, make sure you have a watch and know what everything is, but keep those pace groups in mind. And, you know, another trick that I have for uh, pace groups is it's really fun at the end when everybody's, you know, doing their zombie runs and falling apart, you know, to, to look at those pace groups and see, you know, if there's one ahead of you, oh, that's my new goal, catch the pace group. Or if you hear the pace group behind you coming up, mm. oh no, they're going to catch me. They're going to catch me and run away from, you know, there's some games yeah. that you could play at the end with those pace groups that can really help. Well, well yeah, I mean, that, that's true. Um, it's funny because when I do my own marathons, I tend not to run with the pace group, mm -hmm. um, but I keep them in in, in, in sight and use it kind of as a, as a rabbit type thing. So I, I try to keep pace with them, but not keep pace with, with them. Yeah. Yeah. Do any of the um, people in your group kind of like tuck behind you on purpose to, uh, <laughs> to draft, you know, to, yes, to block yes. the wind. Is yes, that okay? Yes. Cause you know, if you do that to a stranger, they they might be like, what are you doing? Get off my tail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as long as they don't kick me or anything like that or, or trip me up. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Myrtle Beach has there. There's one stretch, which is just is we're basically in a wind tunnel. Um, so, yeah, this I, I would encourage that. Just don't get too, too close. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what advice would you have for somebody who would like to be a pacer? Um, make sure that you pace slower than what you are capable of doing. Um, mm -hmm. That's that, I think that's a big key because you don't want to give people the wrong impression. Um, but to get involved in pacing, I would say reach out to local running stores. Uh, 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 the race director themselves uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, once you get into pacing, you start, there is a, a pacing community. So you start making friends here and there, and they could also give uh, recommendations for different places. Um, yeah, but just absolutely. be open. Um, there's also a group called Beast Pacing, which I, I, I am not involved in um, just yet, but maybe someday. But they, they do things across the country, I believe, and it, mm. that's another good group to uh, jump in on. Um, also, if it's your first time pacing, uh, I would try to see if you can get with an experienced pacer as a as a partner um, i was very lucky the first time i paced uh a gentleman named tomas who was a two the 230 pacer at the time he mm. got injured so he dropped down to the 515 but he gave me so much information so many hints so yeah just talk to people uh run stores uh run clubs race directors perfect perfect so uh what races are you pacing this year the same two uh, I have three. Uh, I have the Myrtle Beach Marathon coming up on uh, first weekend of March. Um, and then I'm doing one uh, locally in Charlotte, uh, the Craft Half Marathon, Craft Brew Half Marathon. I'm sorry if I butchered that name, um, but that's on a greenway. And then I'll be doing the, uh, depending on my race schedule for the fall, because I've been playing that out, uh, most likely the Charlotte Marathon, uh, the five-hour group for the Charlotte Marathon in November. All right. Well, if you happen to be in the area and want Paul to pace you, he, he will be easy to find. Paul, thanks so yes. much for being on the Planted Runner. Great to chat with you and uh, have you share your, share your thoughts. Uh, it was awesome, Claire. Love it. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's 
quite a pleasure. And now it's time for the Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Today's topic is nutrition nuggets. When you're in the middle of a long, long run or a race, it's impossible to constantly think about the whole race distance at once. If you do, you can quickly get overwhelmed or even discouraged. Try breaking up your run into 30-minute segments, which is also the time you should be taking in your fuel anyway. Treat the gel as your reward for getting through the last segment, and when it's done, try to imagine that you only have 30 more minutes to the next one. Segmentation and rewards are powerful mental motivators, so use them both when tackling an otherwise overwhelming distance. Thank you for listening to The Planted Runner, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Don't forget that you can win free access to one of my sprint session masterclasses just for writing an Apple podcast review. So be sure to write yours right after your run today. Reviews are the number one way to boost this show's reach, and it's a great way to tell me what you'd like to hear next because I read every single one. Have a great run today. Hear Her Sports is a podcast for everyone who loves stories by and about women striving to improve and make a difference in their lives. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery, a former professional cyclist. In every episode, I introduce a female athlete or woman in the business of sport through a thoughtful conversation about who they are and the terrific work they're doing. My guests and I explore the glorious and frustrating issues in sports, history, equity, training, nutrition, and so much more. Join us for inspiration, for community, and for love of being a strong athletic woman.